Let's turn to Psalm 124. If it had not been the Lord who was on my side, the psalmist said, if it had not been the Lord that was on my side, what would have happened? It says here in verse 1, 2, and 3, they would have swallowed us up quick if the Lord had not been on our side. So let's go to verse 1. If it had not been the Lord who was on our side, now Israel say. Now Israel is in a war right now with Hamas. How limited is evil uh, in the world? Is there evil in the world, number one? Was there a mass shooting in the state of Maine the other day? 18 people died. Why not? 28 people, 38 people, 3,800 people. Why? Because evil is limited. How do we know that? Job chapter 1, when the Satan was talking to God about Job, the Lord gave him permission. The Lord gave permission for evil to operate in the world. The Lord allows the war, murder. Remember, Cain killed his brother. Was that evil? Yes. Jesus said that the evil evil happens. Also, accidents happen too. Accidents, in quotes, the the Tower of Siloam. Look at Luke thirteen. I'm sharing this just because. It may be on your mind and in your heart in Luke Luke 13, verse 2. Jesus answering said, Suppose you that those Galileans were sinners above all the Galileans because they suffered such things. I tell you, nay, but except you repent, you shall all likewise perish. Then he talks about a tower that fell, collapsed. It was in the current news. Those 18 upon whom the tower in Siloam fell and slew them, think ye that they were sinners above all men that dwelt in Jerusalem, above all men that dwelt in Jerusalem. I tell you, nay, but except you repent, you shall all likewise perish. Uh, Were the people in Maine more sinners than others? No. We don't have a really right to make that evaluation. We don't know. God knows. But that's not the point. The point is that evil is in the world and good things and bad things happen. Proverbs 15, verse 3, very important verse. The Lord keeps watch on the evil and the good. Listen, he keeps watch. Maybe we can put that up. Proverbs 13. Um, what did I say? Fifteen, three. Fifteen, three. The eyes of the Lord are in every place, beholding the evil and the good. Um, another translation: Eyes of the Lord are in every place. Let's see. Keeping watch. There it is. That's the one. Keeping watch on the evil and the good. Uh, no, you can't do that. Satan could say, "I'm going to kill Job." And God said, no, you can't do that. He doesn't allow it. 
But he does allow the evil to go. It's on a leash. It's limited. Why? Tonight we're going to teach on that from the book of Job. Why? What is God's plan with the evil? How does it work? What's his purpose in it? And also the open door, open heaven that Pastor Shabelli is going to preach about this morning. We have an open heaven. So we sympathize with the loss, the people that have lost loved ones. And we pray for the churches that comfort and all the people that are comforting and helping in the crisis. But I would like you to be mature in processing what what life is like. That yes, evil is here, but then what part of is it, what part does it play in my life? How do I relate to it? And then how we walk in this world with wisdom. We are able to deny it, resist it. We are able to, when it hits us, relate to it as Christ taught us that Jesus was a victim of evil in the plan of God. But he, of course, mentally, spiritually, always overcame it. He was always above it. He was always able. The way of life, it says, winds upward. It's a very good verse, Proverbs sixteen twenty four. I think, if we do, if we look at that on the screen. Is it? Maybe I got the wrong one. Uh, yep, I got the wrong one. Ooh, okay. Um, fifteen twenty four. Sorry. Yeah, fifteen twenty-four. Proverbs fifteen twenty-four. Path of life leads upward for the prudent. In another translation, I wonder which one I was reading. It says the path of life winds upward for the prudent, that he turns away from death below. I like it anyway. the The idea of walking with God in your life winds upward. It actually goes in a direction. It goes in an upward direction. Uh, because this is the nature of Christ in you, that he is uh, leading us. There it is. What, what, what does it say? The way of life winds upward for the wise. What a good word. It, it actually is. So evil is here, but in the book of Job, we understand that even though it's tough and Job is trying to figure it out, he comes to the right place, which is not so much. Let me finish, close with this. Job is busy asking God, why? Why, why, why? And then he quiets down and then God asks Job questions. Like, who is asking the question? I am asking God the question, but change it, turn it the other way, that God would ask me questions, that God would minister and guide me in humility, and he would ask me questions. Where were you? 
you know, when the world was made. Can, do you have names for all the lightning bolts? Can you say to the ocean, here's where the coastline will go. Here shall your proud waves be stayed. You can't do that, Job. So be in your place, because I am God and you are not. So we'll be speaking on that tonight. Uh, Pastor Shabelli uh, did an amazing trip this past month. I want to introduce that to you. I'll put up on the screen the map. He was one month gone, one month and one week in Thailand here at the Secon Conference. 124 Chinese people, uh, 25 Filipinos, a whole week of ministry at Secon. People from Singapore, Cambodia, Thailand came to it. It's amazing. Then after that week, he went up to Nepal, where he met our church and the churches up there in the Bible school. Again, huge number of people, I think 47 churches, um, graduation, ordination, and our prayers for the country. Um, incredible work of God in Nepal. I'm not kidding, really. Amazing work of grace happening there. Yeah, amazing work of, of God in Nepal. Then one week uh, later, he went down to the southern India to Bangalore, and he met the churches there and the pastors and ministered there for a week. Uh, then he went up to Mumbai, India, and there he had another conference for one week and ministered there. I think he said 302 churches in Asia in total. And these are... These are people like us. They are people growing, winding upward for the wise, uh, learning to love, learning to forgive, um, learning to believe, learning to open my Bible, learning to assemble, learning to forgive, learning to pray for each other and love each other and multiply. And that multiplication is happening by God's grace. So he'll be sharing um, uh, this morning, the message. And um, we really thank God for him and his wife, Linda, who met, who made that possible. Yeah. I think he said he preached 68 messages, and uh, you can imagine the rap sessions and the personal prayers and talks with people, with Pastor Fred Ellis and others there. So uh, we just... Uh, Thank, thank you, Pastor. It's amazing. We pray for you. Wow. All right, so let's pray for the offering just now. Monday night, there's a new Bible study starting here on campus. It's for men. It's a Monday night down at the Fellowship Hall with Pastor Ramir. Monday night Bible study, 7 o'clock. It's a new Bible study for men. And uh, Newcomers is on Tuesday night in the cafe. So if you're a newcomer and you'd like to know more, or you're, you're an old, old comer, you're welcome. So that's in the cafe on uh, Tuesday night. 
For Jesus, we have a lot of respect for what you do in this world. We are sorry for those that have lost loved ones in Maine. We are sorry nothing can be said about it, except we're sorry for that. Please send your comforter. Surely some are wondering why. Why wasn't I there that night? Or God saved my life? Or I lost my friend? Or relative? Pray for people to turn to you. All of us. We we will all likewise perish. We will all likewise perish one day. All every one of us in this room, we'll lose everything. We'll lose our lives, our house, our family. We'll lose everything. We'll leave the earth. And the only thing that remains is you and what you have done in our hearts by grace. May people be sober-minded and turn to you and trust you and find you. We pray. Bless this offering tonight, today, and every person's finances. Multiply, meet needs. Give us a generous heart, a loving heart, a giving heart. In your name, amen. Okay. While you're standing... If you can open up your Bible to the book of John, John chapter 1, and we're going to be reading verses 48 through 51. John chapter 1, verse 48. Nathanael said unto him, Whence knowest thou me? Jesus answered and said unto him, Before that Philip called thee, when thou wast under the fig tree, I saw thee. Nathanael answered and said unto him, Rabbi, thou art the Son of God. Thou art the King of Israel. Jesus answered and said unto him, Because I said unto thee, I saw thee under the fig tree, believest thou? Thou shalt see greater things than these. And he said unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Hereafter you shall see heaven open and the angels of God ascending and descending upon the Son of Man. Let's pray. Father, thank you. Um, The reality of what the cross has done for us. Thank you, you have called us by name. And today, Lord, we are in this place to hear from you to hear your word, to have our souls delivered, to have our hearts strengthened, to be healed in areas of our life through the hearing of the word of God. God, thank you so much for bringing Pastor Billy back. Thank you so much for the word of God. Thank you for an open Bible. Thank you for this pulpit. Thank you for this ministry and ministries like it around the world where we, your people, are being fed. Bless this message for your glory in Christ's name. Amen. Amen. You may be seated.
Thank you for coming this morning. Give yourselves a hand. You came to church. Wow. That's, that's really something. It is. Making decisions to come and hear the word, be with the church, the body of Christ. And um, that happened to me in 1976 for the first time. What is that? 40? I don't even know how many years ago that is. 47? Is that how many years ago it is? 47? 1976? 77? There and I. Greatest decision I ever made in my life was to, uh, first of all, obviously get saved. <laughs> Secondly, was to find a church. And this is so important because God wants us to grow and you can't grow without a church. How many of us would leave our, a woman's has a baby? She wouldn't leave him at the hospital, would she? Thank you. I was, I was thinking something was going on here. She brings the baby home and raises the baby. That's what the church does, you know. We get saved by the blood of the Lamb, by Jesus Christ and the finished work, and then the church is his body, and that's where we grow. And that's so important. I was uh, having a great privilege of being with 300 churches or leaders representing 300 churches in Asia and uh, was very glad to get home alive. And uh, so was it my wife. Yeah, she was very happy. <laughs> and I wasn't quite sure I was when I got off the last airplane after seven airplanes and 14 up and downs. 12 immigrations, uh, passport please, and whatnot. And after a while, take your shoes off. Uh, I thought, I'm over 70 years old. Do I still have to take my shoes off? I said, didn't you pass a law saying if you're over 70, no shoes have to come off? They just look at you like, you know. I think there is a law, but I'm not sure about that. But took them off anyway, whatever, you know. But um, really... Uh, just to have an opportunity to be in these places is a great benefit and a privilege. And uh, thank you for sending us. the church. Did you know the church sends us? Hello? Yes. Acts 13, verses 1 through 3. Uh, the Holy Spirit said to the church of Antioch, Separate unto me Saul and Barnabas for the work I've called them to do. The church sends us. You send us. Give yourselves a hand again. You, you send us. We don't go without being sent. I don't, want, I don't want to be a went. I want to be a sent. Isn't that good? Just change the one little letter and you got it made there. From a went to a sent, you know. Uh, I went soul winning or I was sent by God in the church to evangelize. And this is great. Great opportunity. We met so many people there in, in the travels. Just hundreds and hundreds of people. And uh, conference in Nepal conference in Bangalore, uh, Thailand, just, I don't even know how many people came to all four of those conferences, but it was a lot, and uh, they're very excited about being part of this ministry. They're very excited that they can look here. They have Bible college classes, they, uh, they, they know we're praying for them, they know we're supporting them, helping them uh, spiritually, physically, financially, trips there, conferences here. This makes us one great family, Amen. Hello? Amen. One great family. Amen. I was going to start singing that song. I'm so glad to be part of the family of God, but it probably wouldn't work with my voice right now. So 
Uh, I want to speak about what it means to be open, to have an open heaven. A lot of open things, uh, really. That, thank God that God has not put brass above our heads, that we have an open heaven. God has given us a, an open heaven. And realizing what comes from an open heaven. And uh, it's, it's amazing. We, we heard it said in Genesis 28. I think it's interesting because Genesis 28 is written by Jacob. His name means one who has deceit and uh, beguiles people. Nathaniel's name means one in whom there is no guile. They both got the vision of angels of God ascending and descending upon the Son of Man. And that, I think that's amazing. From Genesis 28 to John chapter 1, isn't it like God's mind? God's mind right through the scriptures. That's, by the way, that's what doctrine is. When you hear the word doctrine, remember, it just means God's progressive mind right through the scriptures from Genesis to Revelation. Don't be as scared of that word, all right? Don't be afraid of that word. Uh, I was at one time, but then I began to realize this is how God thinks from Genesis to Revelation. And you follow it through the scriptures. And it's, it's one mind. And that's why Jesus said in Philippians 2.5, let this mind be in you that was in Christ Jesus. And that's my decision. I need to let God's mind in. I can say no. Or I can say yes. It's a decision of the of, of my volition. Let it in. So the openness is a, what does an open heaven mean? I was thinking to this just a few minutes ago. An open heaven means that God loves me. Amen. Can you say that to yourself? God loves me. Are you sure you can say that to yourself? God loves me. I heard Jen Litch's voice on the on the. Um, uh, oh yeah, it's a telephone, right? It's a telephone. <laughs> I forgot what a telephone was for a minute, you know, and she said, um, how about tomorrow morning? And I felt like at that point that I couldn't even think, but uh, I realized that her voice came from heaven, and uh, she's a great woman of God. Pat, the Lynches are amazing. They are, they are really amazing, and their vision. So an open heaven means that God loves me, and this love is an everlasting, eternal love, and that is so important. Because, you know, so many people, especially in these days that we live in, have tremendous fears. One time I preached a message on 37 types of fears. All kinds of fears that are out there. But we know in First John, it says in verse uh, 16, God is love, verse 8, uh, chapter 4, and verse 16. Perfect love kicks fear out the door. Perfect love does what? Cast out Fear. We find a lot of people in Africa casting out demons, you know. And I say to them, you got a lot of fear. Perfect love can cast out fear. So an open heaven means that God is loving us continually and eternally. Isn't this the message that we have to people? Hello? Are you there? You haven't gotten familiar with that message, have you? Huh? That God loves me? i got to tell myself that every day. Every single moment of every day, God loves me. Me. God loves us. God loves them that are lost. This is an open heaven. God so loved the world that he gave. He opened up heaven and here, came, here comes the son. Okay? The son of God comes. God becomes a man. That's a miraculous thing. When you think about it, one day we're really going to understand that, I believe. I think we understand it in some measure now. And we're growing in that. But one day we will see God the son. Hallelujah. Can't you wait for that? I don't know. It's like amazing. One day we'll see him face to face. 
God the Son. Jesus loves me. That's the first message I ever heard before I got saved was somebody kept telling me, Jesus loves me. And I didn't believe it, and I didn't even like the person that was saying it. So much so that I, went, I gave her a slap, which was not very nice to do. I, I repented for that after I got saved. You know, I, I want to find this girl and just apologize to her and, 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 and buy her a new car or something. You know, But that wasn't possible. <laughs> so... Uh, I understood that God loves me. An open heaven means God loves us. Amen? An open heaven means God loves people. They just don't realize it. They think that somehow there's brass above their heads or there's something there. There's some kind of blockage going on. And that's because they've been lied to by the devil who is the, he's the liar. He's, he's a liar. Just read John uh, 14, 15, and 16. You know, he comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And he wants people to think that God's love is only based on how you perform. You could be the worst person in the world today. I'm sure you're not here. The worst person in the world today, but God loves. He cannot change. By the way, your behavior can't change God's character. Some people are very arrogant. They think what they do can change God. What you do can never change God. No matter what you do. Now, that doesn't mean go out and live like crazy today, okay? But it means that God is unchangeable. Every good gift and every perfect gift comes down from above from the Father of all lights in whom there is no variableness, no change, nor shadow of turning. Malachi 3, 6, I am the Lord thy God, I change not. Therefore you sons of Jacob are not consumed. God has unchanging love for us. And that is so awesome. That's what builds me up. That's what gives me amazing hope. That's how we bring the message to people, whether it's in Baltimore or it's halfway around the world, wherever it may be. Uh, this message that, do you know how much God loves you and cares for you? You can go into tragic situations, and they can be tragic and they can be devastating, but we come with a message of God loving people. Amen? Amen. That's the gospel, that I'm open to God's love. Am I open to God's love continuously? I think how many people would be delivered? How many mental institutions could have deliverance? How many prisons people could get set free? I don't mean maybe they would be let out of prison, but they could be set free in their cells. They could be set free right where they are if they just understood and just would receive the simple message of God loving them. How many children would be, would be uh, so uh, free and so available to the things of God? Parents loving their children. God loving their children uh, through their parents. Just loving people. It's, it's amazing what can happen. One of the first things I, I did when we, uh, uh, we were in Springfield, Massachusetts years ago, opening up homes besides working in prisons, opening up homes for people that had addictions. It was amazing. All these people needed to do was to be loved. Hello? Are you with me? Are you sure? Okay, come on now. Come on now, stay with me. I'm not a Pentecostal, but I'm leaning that way sometimes. <laughs> God loving me. Wow, it's amazing. Man took my car to get, it, get my car washed, and then I, he used it for an armed robbery. And I said, like, I really love you, Sam, but, you know, like... And if you're going to if you're going to commit armed robbery, I don't have any problem with that. You know, you're going to go to jail anyway. You know, but just don't use my car. I don't need a I don't need a wax job that bad. Okay, 
You know, and, and loving people and loving people. And I've got some people that came through some of those type of situations that are pastoring now. Loving people. Heaven is open and God is loving. Imagine. Huh? I mean, I can even love Pastor Cooper. I'm going to be very careful. Your wife's sitting next to you, okay? He's, the, he's one of my greatest friends. Been with me since he was 18 years old. Is that what, how old you were? Close. 17? 8, 19, 20? Okay, forget it. It doesn't matter. Okay? And uh, we met in Springfield, Massachusetts, and we've been very well connected as great friends for years. For years. So, opening. Heaven's open, and I'm being loved. And this is a message, and people just don't get it. They have this, so many ideas about the gospel. Number two, heaven is open and I get mercy. Hello? You know what you get mercy for? Your sin. My sin. Sin is not the end of it all, is it? Huh? Mercy rejoices over judgment. Mercy endures forever. Psalm 136, it says it 36 times. Heaven's open and mercy's coming. I get mercy from God. It doesn't make me want to sin. It makes me appreciate how much God loves me even when I do. It's his mercy. The mercy of God. He can be merciful. To Look at some of the people in the Bible. Remember we said three murderers wrote 60% of the Bible? Right? Three murderers wrote 60% of the Bible. God was what to them? God is what? Merciful to them. Say to the person next to you, God's merciful to you. Say it. You're saying it loud enough? Some of you aren't saying anything. God's merciful. Did you say that to Pastor Eugene? God's merciful. Huh? All right. He's merciful to Pastor Eugene. Hallelujah. God's merciful to the Sylvia sis, right? God's merciful to Pastor Steve Marillo. He's listening. God is merciful to Atul. God's merciful. Wow. It's, it's amazing that I can go to the, I can go to the mercy seat. And I can get this mercy, and this mercy endures forever. An open heaven gives me mercy. Number three, an open heaven gives me grace. I get grace. He's the God of all grace. I get grace upon grace upon grace, Hebrews 4, 14 through 16. I come boldly to the throne of grace. And it means I come, even if I've failed, I'm coming to the throne of grace to get grace to help in time of need. An open heaven means God of all grace is giving me abundant grace. He's giving me fresh grace every day. He's giving me grace upon grace, John 1.16. He's giving me all grace in 1 Peter 5.10. He's giving me true grace in 1 Peter 5.12. The heaven is open and I'm receiving what? Condemnation? Legalism? Law? Come to church and get beat up? No, God's opening heaven to give me what? Grace. Grace. Say to the person next to you, God is gracious to you. Say, I'm sick and tired of talking to the person next to me. Huh? God is gracious to you. Are you with me? Huh? We got two people over there, right? Yeah, Pastor Ron Swingle, right? God's gracious. Heaven's open. And it's a throne of grace where I get grace to help in time of need. And that's amazing. I say, God, give me grace. 70, 68 or 70 messages. Every one of them I was begging God for grace, not even knowing, like, what, what, to, what am I going to say? What's going to happen? What kind of translation is there going to be? Is it going to be hot? Will they have the air conditioning on? What am I going to eat, fried worms or something? I don't know, you know. 
God, give me grace. And God pours out his grace on his people. Amen? That means he's pouring out himself. Grace is the person of God. And I get grace upon grace. And this is exactly what we need. This is what Lot needed. This is what Joseph's brothers needed. They needed God's love, mercy, and grace. And God was giving that grace out. Heaven's open. And the throne of grace is is flowing, right? It's flowing. This is the key. Grace upon grace. Heaven's open. Next thing, I get the Bible. Hallelujah. Heaven's open and I can know God's word. Do you see this book? Huh? You know how much Satan hates this book? Huh? Hello. Do you know how much Satan hates this book? He doesn't want you reading this Bible. He doesn't want you listening to this Bible. He doesn't want me studying this Bible. He doesn't want me going to Bible school. He doesn't want me to know anything about the Bible. He hates the Word because in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. But heaven's open. And it says every good gift and every perfect gift comes down from above from the Father of all lights, in whom there is no variableness nor shadow of turning. I get the Word. Heaven's open. We got the Bible. Amen? Amen. So many people don't have the Bible. We come from, back from Asia. How many people don't even have a Bible? They don't even, it's not in their language. There's no Bible there. We are of people most privileged. We got them all over the place. Right? They hold up lamps. They uh, do all kinds of things in America, you know? Many different things, you know? By the way, somebody got very angry at me one time because I was preaching the Bible, and I was preaching Jeremiah fifteen sixteen, and I preached, I did find thy word, and I ate it, and I had a salt and pepper shaker on stage, and I salted and peppered a page and ate it. These, some people, two people were yelling at me, as blasphemy. I, maybe, I don't know, maybe, maybe I shouldn't have done it, I don't know, you know. It seemed like a great illustration, though, you know. The salt, the pepper, I ripped the page open, and I, it was just a, it's a page. I know it's the Holy Bible, you know, but I have a lot of Bibles, so one Bible has pages missing. <laughs> Salt, pepper, and swallowed it down, you know, and actually, a lot of people, people got saved, you know, and, and people had an appreciation for the scripture, some, and there were some that were angry, and by the way, that's good. My wife says, you need to have as many enemies as friends. I said, I got more friends right now, please. I don't, let's not go the enemy trip right now, okay? But heaven is open, and what do we have? Holy book, right? We got, we got the Bible. And anything the enemy can do, the enemy of the world, flesh, and the devil, would be to keep me away from this book. Keep me away from this book. This, this morning, about 2 o'clock in the morning, I woke up, as older men always have to wake up a lot at night, a couple people are laughing because they know what I mean. And uh, I couldn't go back to sleep. And it was 2 o'clock, and I just said, like, well, let me go put my head down at my desk. See, I figured I could, I could, you know, just convince God I needed more sleep. And I started to read the Bible. That lasted about two hours, and I fell back asleep at 4, woke up at 5.15, and I just said, I give up. I give up God. But I, I'm so thankful I have a Bible. I'm so thankful I can read God's word. I'm so thankful that I have a ministry that teaches me the importance of the Bible. Amen? Amen. 
I'm so glad Dr. Stevens, Pastor Schaller, Pastor Love, the leaders in this church have always been Bible men. You're a Bible man. Thank you. Remember that song, the Bible man, bringing the good news? Jeff Brunsey, where are you? Huh? No, the, they're, they're Bible men, and there's Bible women here. Huh? Look at Carrie O'Bear. She's a Bible woman. Huh? You got me? with Bible women. Huh? Right, Vicky? Bible woman. The Colbans, Bible people, Bible marriage, Bible couples, Bible teenagers, Bible single people. It's the word. Heaven opened and we got the what? We got the word of God. It's amazing. I don't want to become familiar with it. There's people that have become familiar with the Bible, especially in the West. People have become familiar with the Bible. And I, okay. Yeah, watch, watch this. Uh, Jesus, lead me. That's for me today. Are you sure? It says Judas went out and hung himself. There's some people that do that. They just like, you know, open the Bible and they just point and say, that's my scripture for today. How about if you turn to that verse? Huh? I don't think you want that verse, right? Open heaven, open Bible. Bible gives us. Next, open heaven, I got a church. Heaven open. The church is a gift from God. It's his body. Hello? It isn't just going to church. I used to, you know what I used to do? I used to go to church and run a gambling operation. I sat in the back with cards, numbers, calculators, and gambling. I wasn't saved. <laughs> gotcha, didn't I? I wasn't saved. I went to church to get customers. I went to church. I was always trying to figure out how to steal the gold chalice. There's got to be a way I can get that thing. You know, when the priests aren't looking or something's happening, you know? Now I go to church because the Holy Spirit's here. The body's here. The Bible's here. Fellowship's here. Friendship's here. Purpose is here. Life is here. Hello? Not gambling. I'm in church. Wow. An open heaven gives us church, a church, his body. It's easy to become familiar with it. Something can go wrong at times, whatnot, you know, relationships or whatever. And um, I had seven men that took me to court one time in Africa. They were in the church. They took me, they took me to court. I don't know why. Must have been some reason. So I went to court, and then I faced the judge, and the seven men were there, six or seven men. Um, and um, I said, Judge, before you start this whole trial thing, can I do something? He was like, yes, so what is it? And I told him. I went over and I shook every one of the men's hands that had tried to deport me and made a case against me. I said, thank you for helping me to grow. <laughs> that was ridiculous. I know. That sounds crazy, but that's what God told me to do. You know what the judge did? He said, I'm dropping the charges against this man. He's spiritual and you're not. You seven are not. Get out of my courtroom. So I was free. Hallelujah. The church. We got a church. I'm not in this alone. I'm not doing Africa alone. Uh, with churches. We have 787 churches. Greater Grace has 787 churches in 80 countries. Did you know that? It isn't. It, it's us here as a foundation, a base of operation. We have churches around the world. And it's incredible when you visit them. 
being in Africa where there's 300 and in Asia 300, I get to see so many of them. And it's a privilege and a great benefit. An open heaven gives me a church. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. My first experience was with the church wasn't so good. I was there with my wife, and they took my two children, put them in a van, and drove them away, screaming, and they were crying. My wife says, I'm not coming back to this church. But we made it back, and we're still here since 1977, 76, something like that. An open heaven gives us a church. Next, an open heaven gives us the gospel. Amen? We got the gospel. Open heaven gives us good news to give to people, whoever they are, wherever they are, however, whatever their age is, whatever uh, culture they belong to, whatever country that they're in. An open heaven gives me a gospel, a great message to bring to people. You have a great message that's living in you. You're born again. Is the Holy Spirit in you? Well, is the Holy Spirit the one who has that message? My old sin nature doesn't have it. Holy Spirit has it. What a gift from God. Heaven open and I got the gospel. Finally, heaven opened and I have an eternal purpose. We have a purpose in life. There are people walking on planet earth, 8.2 billion of them. I wonder how many of them even know God's purpose. Most people say there's not more than 750 to 800 million Christians on planet earth today. One out of every 10 people is a Christian. That means 9 out of 10 people have no idea what their purpose is. And even out of that 10% that are Christian, I wonder how many of them know their purpose. To glorify God. To know Him and to glorify Him. This book tells me about, I got it from heaven, I got a purpose from heaven. God gave it to me. He opened up heaven and He gave you and I an eternal purpose. It's amazing what God has given us. An open heaven. An open heaven. You won't find these things anyplace else. You can't get these things. You can't get these things anywhere else. We thank God that He's opened heaven. We thank God that we're here. We thank God that we can receive. Some people are what? They're closed. They're closed. Close to the gospel. Close to the Bible. Close to fellow. Close. 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 Hearts hardened. But God says, just be open. That's all. Be open and receive what I have for your life. It goes way beyond salvation. It's an open heaven. Father, thank you today. We pray, God. You gave us love. An open heaven gave us love. And fear was cast out. An open heaven gave us mercy. And sin was done away with. An open heaven gave us grace. And self was crucified. An open heaven gave us the word. And reason, human reason, was done away with. An open heaven gave us a church, and we came out of the world. An open heaven gave us the gospel, so we don't have to listen to all the news. An open heaven gave us that which is eternal, so we wouldn't live in the temporal. Thank you for an open heaven. An open heaven. An open heaven. Help us, God, to be receivers from this heaven has been opened. Love and mercy and grace, his word, his church, his gospel, that which is eternal. Thank you today. If you are here this afternoon, either watching online or you're sitting here and you've never received from an open heaven, you've never received 
of an open heaven. Just say, Jesus, save me today. I want to be born again. Come into my life and set me free, watching online or here in the auditorium. Just lift your hand up. Jesus, save me. Save me, God. Save me. Save me. And if we're here as believers today, we're here, we're Christians. God, we want to fellowship with this open heaven. And what the open heaven gives us, his love, his mercy, his grace, his word, his church, his gospel, and that which is eternal. Pray, help us to grow, God, to receive what's given from heaven. John said it in John 3.27, a man can receive nothing unless it be given him from heaven. He can receive, there's nothing. You haven't received anything if you haven't received it from heaven. It's receiving nothing. But man can receive nothing except it be given from heaven. We thank you for what you've given us. You gave us your only begotten son. The one, the only one, the unique one. The personal one, the eternal one. You gave us your son. You gave us the person of the Holy Spirit. You gave us eternal life. You gave us forgiveness and mercy. You gave us a purpose. You gave us your word. You gave us your love. We thank you so much. Help us not to be people that maybe forget about these things or become familiar with them, but be receivers. For God has opened heaven. He's opened heaven. We thank you today. Thank you, God. We pray today, God, you would touch our lives. We pray for people around the world where people have experienced tragedies. God, you would touch them. That you would open heaven for them. Those who lost loved ones. Those in places where there's hunger and strife. Heaven would be opened. They would see the glory of God. Stephen said it when he was being stoned to death. I see heaven opened. And Jesus standing at the right hand of the Father, not sitting. Standing to welcome him home. Somebody goes home. Jesus stands. He stands. We thank you. Bless our afternoon. Bring us back tonight for a great church service tonight. We've heard about the message. Let's all stand. In Jesus' name, everybody said? Amen. Amen. Can we close? Is there a song to close or no? No song. Okay, should we just sing it? There is no song. There's no song. He says pray and close. Okay, Father, thank you. We sing a song in our hearts. (laughs) We thank you. Yes, Jesus. Jesus on the throne. Heaven is opened. We thank you, God.